how do I find the time to actually sit down, plan marketing, and then get it scheduled out? You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Welcome, welcome everybody to our very first episode of 2021 for the Small Minded Podcast. I can hardly believe that we've been doing this now for 19 episodes, which is a little over four months. And at the beginning of 2020, this was just really a goal and a picture on my vision board. And now it's here and it's a weekly series and I have regulars who are listeners. So shout out to all of you who have been here And even if you're new, welcome, and I'm so excited to have you. Here at Small Minded, we focus on small towns, small businesses, how to help them up-level, sharing stories of people who've gone this path before, and giving us some feedback and insights into how we can make our small towns and communities even better. So I know that's like a whole bunch of things, and all the gurus out there are telling me to niche down, but I just love so much the small towns that we all come from, and the businesses and the community nonprofits and the people that are here. So I didn't know how to niche just one. But anyway, today we are doing one of my absolute favorite episode formats, which is mailbag. So a couple of weeks ago, which is probably about a month ago now, we did our very first mailbag where I just took user submitted questions and answered them right here. And then this week, I was like, we should do another one of those. So I just threw out a question on Instagram and man, you guys showed up. We got some, not only did we get lots of responses, but we got some really insightful responses that I think will help all of you, whether you are a small business or a nonprofit or a brand, or if you're thinking about any one of those options as we go into the new year, this will really help you get some marketing ideas in your head maybe even give you some strategies to try out in the new year. So yeah, we're just going to dive in. These are in no particular order, but we will kind of go through the question and I have some thoughts jotted down this week over on not only Small Minded on Facebook and Instagram, but also my business page, Molly Knuth Media. I will be kind of walking out some of these too. Some of them need a little bit more visual demonstration. So just make sure you're following us on Instagram and Facebook so that you can see these visually explained too, because some of them are a little bit technical. All right, let's go. All right, so my first question, how do I find the time to actually sit down, plan marketing, and then get it scheduled out? Why I love this question is that it's definitely something that isn't a quick fix. So here at Molly Knuth Media and Small Minded, we know that there are a lot of different options out there, people you can follow, podcasts you can listen to that give you the quick hitters, those things you can do, strategies you can implement, actions you can take that can get you the very quick results. Those quick results, while they feel really good and they're instantly gratifying, they may not always translate to extended success. So what I'm always working for behind the scenes here is 
that consistency, establishing the habits necessary to really make this a long-term thing. Whether it's a business, whether it's a nonprofit, the strategies I teach and the information I share is intended to be a long-term strategy so that you can see results and successes over the long term. So when you ask this question about strategizing and finding time to plan, I know that the not sexy answer is, well, you just have to make it a habit. (laughs) Um, I know that nobody wants to hear that because that is not a quick hitter. That is not a fast solution, but it is how you grow when you are looking at marketing your small business in your small town. So think about it. I know in my town in particular, when a new business opens, people really flock to it, especially if it's like a restaurant or a bar or a new retail opportunity. People come, they visit, they check it out. But if it's like a a new concept, sometimes it takes a little bit of like getting to know you. Or like if a family moves to town, people want to do the get to know you like neighborly thing, meeting you, dropping off casseroles on your front porch or seeing you at the local events. So when I think about marketing my business, I think about it in that same way. We're a small town business trying to be neighborly, just like introducing people to us, introducing people to what we do, how we help, who we serve. And I'm going to roll that out and continue to roll that out over the long haul. I'm not going to just like throw $1,000 in Facebook ads and call it good. You can do that. I am not the leader for that strategy though. But what I'm going to tell you is that you need to set up habits so that people get to know you and think about it like you're just brand new in a town, not necessarily just in an online space. So here's what my strategy is. So first of all, you need to go easy at first. Don't put pressure on yourself to do Facebook and Instagram marketing and a newspaper ad and a radio ad and you're doing flyers on the cars at church and you're advertising in the church bulletin, and you're committing money to be a sponsor for all the local events, and you're trying to run an email campaign and start your website and run your business, that's way too much pressure on yourself. So what I recommend is going easy. Don't overcommit. Don't overpressure. When we're thinking about your marketing strategy, pick one online platform you're going to focus on and pick one real-life platform that you're going to focus on. And this focus period could be anything from a month to a quarter to a year. But we're going to work it out on this one platform on social media, this one focus for like real life in real time marketing for our small town, because that still works too. But we're going to focus on one thing in each of those respects so that we get really, really good at that before we try to jump ship and tackle a new thing. Because each social media platform, each real life marketing opportunity has its own nuances. And it has different things it requires of you, different ways you message, different budgets. And before you like throw in the towel at one or try to stretch yourself into multiple areas, you really need to hone in on who's showing up on those platforms you're already marketing on. What did they need? What did they want? And you can learn so much from your audience there that will help you grow forward so that when you do go to a new platform, you can hit the ground running and it goes a little quicker. So First, go easy, pick one platform, pick one real life place that you're going to focus your marketing efforts on. Secondly, we're still talking about going in easy. Pick a manageable number for you. So don't focus on this person who's been in business for four years and they're posting twice a day on Instagram. That might not be the situation for you. So what I want you to do is 
pick a number that works in your schedule and for your business. So if you're brand new to social media marketing, one to two posts per week is probably going to take some time for you because you need to figure out how to set up those posts, how to get them scheduled and shared, how to be timely in your responses if you get comments or messages received to your Facebook inbox. And similarly, if you're brand new to like radio advertising, you need to make sure that you know when you're going to air, how much that budget is going to cost you from your monthly allocations. I want you to just pick something that's manageable to you. You know your schedule, you know your technical abilities. And so pick something that works for you, not just what is good for the masses. All right. So once you go easy, you need to set habits and appointments with yourself. So what I did at first was made sure that I had a plan each month for my social media. So let's, when I started out, my focus was on Facebook and I just said, I'm going to get really good at Facebook first. So I set appointments with myself to go live once a week. And to keep that appointment with myself, I would make it an event on Facebook. So other people would see it. And I knew this enough about myself that if other people saw it, I would follow through because I wouldn't want to let them down. So when I made an event to go live, I would follow through and I would show up live. Similarly, I would put a plan on a page on a calendar. And it was just a blank calendar that I printed off from Google. And I wrote in when I would post. And then I made an appointment in my like actual calendar that I would sit down and I would schedule my posts at that time. Sometimes I would have enough of a time block set out where I could post out a whole month of content in that one sitting. Other times it would be like maybe I'd post out for the week or maybe just post out for the next couple of days. But you need to find times in your schedule that are not negotiable. These are your appointments with yourself. You're going to keep them. And these appointments are important because if you love your business and you want to see it thrive and grow and you love your customers and you want to serve them and you want to serve more people because you know you can help them, it is your duty and obligation to like share how you help these people. And you do that by marketing, whether that marketing is on Facebook or whether that is sitting down and designing a newspaper ad or writing a blog, whatever it is, make an appointment with yourself and maybe... I would just say if you're brand new, make an appointment once every two weeks. If you are a little bit more seasoned, you might be more efficient. So maybe you can sit down and do this monthly. Whatever your personal situation allows, create appointments with yourself that you're going to sit down and address your marketing. So now that I'm a few years in, I know that at the beginning of each month, I have a habit to check my insights. So I look at how my posts performed over the last month. What were my high-performing posts? What were my low-performing posts? How many video views did I get? Uh, what did it seem like was trending with my audience in particular? What things are they responding to or not responding to? And then when I look at those insights, it gives me an opportunity to think critically about what my audience needs from me right now so I can make an informed plan going forward. So like yesterday, I just sat down and did my January content plan. And after I looked at everybody's insights on my client roster, I then made their content plan to go forward so that I was making educated decisions. I was being timely to my audience's needs. And then what I'm going to do is sit down weekly and schedule out those posts that I have on the content plan. So make sure that you go easy at first. Pick one platform to get good at. Pick one place in real life to get good at. Then create habits around those platforms. 
Lastly, after some time, you will feel really comfortable with the habits you've established and you might be like, hmm, I'm feeling like I could grow. So what you can do at that time when you're feeling like you can take on more or you're getting more efficient is you can up level or increase the amount of posts that you put out on that platform. Uh, so maybe instead of one blog per month, you're going to go to two blogs per month. Or instead of two posts per week on Facebook, you're going to go to three posts per week. Or maybe you're going to set a goal of going live that month or doing a pre-recorded video. But when you feel like they have things under control, you understand the ins and outs, then set little goals so that you're improving. And once you feel like you've got a really good grasp on one platform, then jump to the next one. I've seen a lot of people try to conquer a whole bunch of things at once, or they'll say, well, Facebook's not working anymore, so I'm just going to go take on Instagram. But then Instagram's not working, so I'm going to go to TikTok. But what the real basis of that is, is it's not that the algorithm or that platform isn't working. It's that you're not devoting yourself to understanding your audience there and learning what they want before you're trying to get that gratification on the next platform. So if you're not getting what you need on one platform, don't think that by jumping ship and going to a new platform, you'll get all the answers and all of the engagements and all the love that you want and all the business growth that you can handle. What it's going to take is you being really, really diligent and consistent on one platform, serving your audience, loving on them the best you can. And then you'll see growth there. And it's only after you see that growth on one platform, you're getting the good engagement and feedback on that platform that you should jump to another one. Phew. Okay. I know that was kind of a soapbox, but I feel like that's something everybody needed to hear. <laughs> All right. Next question. How do I get more engagements on my posts? So there's a couple ways to do this. I'm going to break it down into, okay, so first we're talking about posts on social media. So I'm going to break it into the most popular social media platforms that I see for my business and for people in this area in rural Iowa and rural America. But Facebook and Instagram are the top two. So I'm going to focus on those two platforms as I answer this question. So I know it feels like there should be a quick and easy answer for both of these platforms that can tackle both things, but each social media platform has its own set of like things that work and things that don't work. It has its unique algorithm. It has almost unique demographics. There's like people that show up in one platform, but maybe not so much in another. So you have to take all that into consideration when you're thinking about how do I get people to engage here? So first of all, you need to hone in on your specific audience. What works for my audience of entrepreneurs who want to know how to grow social media may not work for your audience of women who are looking for a cute blouse to wear out for New Year's Eve. Um, similarly, it may not work for the audience looking for a cheap drink at a local tavern. So you need to know what your audience is looking for when they visit your social media platform. So sometimes, depending on the industry or the business you have, they may be looking for education similar to my social media business. They want to know how they can put things into practice to improve their social media. Sometimes they're looking for entertainment. So that might be uh, like the tavern or the restaurant might put out some fun kind of posts or some interactive posts. So you just need to know what your audience is showing up for and who is in that audience on that platform. How can I know who my audience is? Look at those people who are commenting, who are liking, and start kind of digging into that behind the scenes on the posts. So look at the kind of businesses that are liking those posts. If you have a business service industry, 
or look at the people that are liking it if you are a local restaurant or retailer and start to determine trends and think about like what are the age groups, what is the gender, what are some interests these people might have so that you can play into that. You can also find this by going into your insights. So Facebook Insights or Instagram Insights, they both report on your gender percentage breakdown for your followers. They both report on age groups, uh, locations. So they'll give you like a city that your audience belongs to or a state or a country. And that can really help you as you're making decisions about what to share and how to get people to engage. So make sure you know your audience and know your insights, what your audience is responding to. Now, specifically for Facebook, what works over there to get engagements, and remember engagements is things that make people stop their scroll and interact with your post. So engagements are counted in a variety of ways. A like, a comment, a share, a save, a video view, a photo click, a link click, those are all considered engagements. So over on Facebook, what works to grow your engagement numbers is to use video. A video view is considered engaging if it gets more than three seconds from a viewer. If it gets to 10 seconds, it's even more engaging. But a three-second video view, it doesn't seem like a lot of time. So you can really rack up a lot of engagements if you use video. Also on Facebook, I found that posts that have multiple images in it really work well. So think about in your head a post that you've seen recently on Facebook. And if it's just a single image, you can take in that whole image just by scrolling past it on the newsfeed. You don't need to like click on it to make it bigger usually. You don't need to like satisfy your curiosity by going any further, but you just need to look at that picture as it's in your newsfeed and then you can keep on scrolling, right? But some posts have a lot of images on it. So you'll get to preview the first three or four. And then there's a square that says plus five or plus six, indicating there's even more photos to this series. And if you want to see the rest, you have to click that square that says plus six to go through the rest of the photos. If somebody does that and they click through the rest of those six photos, you are getting six engagements in Facebook's algorithm calculations. So that is a great way to really build up your engagements on a post. Other things you can do over on Facebook are add a messenger button so it makes it easy for people to contact you if they have questions. You can have a giveaway. It doesn't have to be like a huge Peloton bike or a $1,000 shopping spree. It could be as simple as a cup of coffee from Starbucks and you give them a Starbucks gift card via email. So people are incentivized by giveaways, but just realize that even if that post with the giveaway on it is super engaging, sometimes that doesn't follow through. It'll be that quick hitting like serotonin boost. Is that right? I shouldn't make scientific guesses because I'm not a scientist, (laughs) but it'll be that boost in your brain that's like, oh, this is awesome. I'm getting everybody to engage. But then when the giveaway ends, sometimes that doesn't stay. So be aware of that when you're doing a giveaway, but it can be a quick injection of engagement and uh, reach if you host a giveaway of some kind. And I've found, especially in small towns, anything I can share out that has to do with community really plays well. So that means if I'm talking about a local school or I want to congratulate a local business or I want to give a shout out or a business feature to somebody on my client roster or I want to talk about a nonprofit event that's coming up or just a picture from like my downtown 
anytime I do something like that for my business page on Facebook, it really gets a lot of reach and engagement because people want to like Facebook was built to be social. It was built to connect people and people want to see things that they love and they care about. So think about your small town. A lot of people love your town. So you can do a picture of your main street or of your water tower of the rolling hills around. And that's really going to do well if you are a local based business serving a small town. Okay, so those are my Facebook hacks. Now, on Instagram, some of these things are similar, some of them are not. On Instagram, what works really well right now are if you're doing Instagram posts using a carousel feature, so similar to that Facebook post that had multiple images on it that people had to click through. It's a similar thing on Instagram, but it's just called a carousel. So people have to swipe to see all of the images in that post. Each swipe is helpful, but also when you're going through your newsfeed, if you come across a carousel, you'll see the first image. And if you don't like it or comment on it and you keep scrolling, next time you go into Instagram, it will show you that post again on your newsfeed, but you'll see the second image in that carousel. So when you utilize a carousel for your business, you actually get two attempts to get an engagement from an audience. So a carousel is really helpful from a business marketing perspective on Instagram. Another thing you can do over on Instagram is giving a call to action. And this works on Facebook too, but it really helps on Instagram, giving a call to action. And I've found that when I use my call to action in the very first sentence of my Instagram caption, that's where I can get the most engagements. So I might start the post by saying, save this post for later or double tap if you agree. And when I do that, it gives people an instruction right away. It tells them what they need to do next. And they will a lot of times follow that. So it can be something like share or tell me your pet's name, whatever fits into the theme of that post. That's what you can make your call to action. So calls to action can be really helpful getting your audience to engage with your posts. Similarly, over on stories on Instagram, give them a way to engage. So if you don't give them an instruction or a call to action, they'll just keep going and they won't engage. So I use things like stickers with the polls or quizzes or the question box to get people to stop and actually engage with the story. Those engagements on Instagram are calculated the same way. And in the algorithm, certain engagements are weighted more heavily. So if you can get somebody to send you a direct message from a story or a post, that's going to be a huge engagement boost. If you can get somebody to save a post of yours on Instagram, that's going to be very, very big to help your algorithm performance and your overall reach. Just be sure that when you're giving those call to actions, um, certain things weigh more heavily in the algorithm, but also those things that weigh heavier are those things that are harder to get your followers to do. It's really easy to get somebody to like a post, but that's not going to be the most rewarding in the Instagram algorithm. Conversely, it's a little harder to get somebody to share a post to their story But when you make that happen, that's going to reward you in the algorithm and really enhance your reach. All right. How can you easily and quickly get engagements on Instagram? Right now it's with Reels. And you're going to hear me talk about this a lot in January and February. Reels are those quick little TikTok-esque videos that are really engaging from a viewer perspective because they are so quick and they are like, fun to watch or they're highly entertaining and engaging and educating at the same time, but they have music, they have dancing, they have like little pieces of text and captions popping up on the screen. So 
they're really hitting all the marks. And by using reels, Instagram's algorithm is just automatically like tuned to the reels format right now. So if you use that and you like start incorporating it once a week or so, you will see a lot of growth and impact on your overall reach. And I know reels can be intimidating and it is a learning curve to know how to do this. And we have more questions about reels later in this episode, but reels are really, really highly rewarded right now. So again, keep following Molly Knuth Media and Small Minded in the next two months because I'm going to go way more in depth about how to make a reel, but just know that it's one of the most engaging formats that you can utilize on Instagram right now. All right, guys, here we go. We're continuing with more Instagram questions. So what can I talk about on Instagram stories was the question from this viewer. So Instagram stories are those quick videos that are across the top of your Instagram home screen. Or if you're looking at somebody's profile, there's a colorful circle around their profile picture that indicates they have a story. Kind of like Snapchat, these videos can be anywhere from 15 seconds to one minute. They will stick around for about 24 hours and then they disappear entirely. If we think about Instagram, that is one singular social media platform, but there's a lot of different content formats within Instagram. So you have the Instagram grid where it's a post, it's a picture or a series of pictures in a carousel, and that stays on your profile screen. These stories, they'll be there for a little bit, but then they disappear. So if we think about the posts that you put out on Instagram versus the stories that you share on Instagram for your business, you want the things that go in your posts to be those long-lasting items. They're helping to build and curate a storefront, if you will. So think about a small town, downtown district where there's like retail storefronts. In the storefront, they're going to have the most beautiful products or seasonal products that they offer right now. And a lot of times those storefronts are going to be accented with beautiful lights or decorations or things like that. I'm thinking about a boutique in our town that does a great job. They change out their clothing in the storefront weekly. So it has their newest tops and dresses. They have right now really cute lighting hanging from the ceiling for the holidays. They have like snow on the floor so that it looks seasonal. And when I think about a storefront in a downtown, it's designed so that it's aesthetically pleasing and it makes you stop and pay attention, right? Think about it like that when you're approaching your Instagram grid, those things that are going to be a static post. So it's going to be beautiful pictures. It's going to be graphics that are designed in your brand colors, okay? It's going to be the things that establish the tone, and the brand identity that you want. Now, with stories, it can be anything, absolutely anything, because it's not sticking around, right? So if the storefront is your Instagram grid, the Instagram stories are like, hey, come into the back room for my break and let's have some chips and queso and maybe share a pot. So the stories are where people can get to know you a little bit better. So what are those things you can share in stories specifically? You. Like show up and talk to the camera. If you have a team, like have a team member maybe do a story takeover where they're like, hey, you're just going to follow me through my shift today. You watch them as they do their daily tasks. Other things you can share out are just some behind the scenes. So maybe you share a to-do list every Monday or maybe every Wednesday. It's like, "Um, here, I'm going to show you how to, let's say that you're a woodworking business. Today, I'm going to show you how to sand. And then you share the tools that you use, the sandpaper that you found to be the best, 
And then maybe the following week, you're like, today I'm going to show you how to varnish. And then you share your favorite varnish and you share the steps and the time that it takes to complete the varnishing process. And then the following week, you're doing another behind the scenes tutorial. Okay. If you are a salon, maybe you're going to start like before and after Fridays. So you'll do in stories, maybe like an assessment of somebody's hair. And then you just do like a quick little video, get their permission first, of course, but say, okay, here's so-and-so she came in. This is what she asked for. My professional opinion was that we should do this, that, and the other thing. Make sure you check back in two hours and then you'll see the final result. And that'll get people really excited to come back and check again. And then you'll do the after where they can like tossle their hair or they can do like a slow motion where they flip their hair over their shoulder, things like that. Or you can do a My Favorite Product Thursday. So each Thursday, you're going to share a shampoo, a conditioner, a treatment, a tool that is your favorite that you would recommend to clients. So stories are going to be those behind the scenes. Like it doesn't matter. Think about I'm in the break room and I'm talking to a friend. And that's what Instagram stories should be. So create, like I said, you can talk to the camera directly. You can show some behind the scenes. You can create weekly series and conversations with your audience through Instagram stories. All right, coming in hot with another question about Instagram Reels. So I already talked about what Reels are. They're those short little videos, 15 or 30 seconds on Instagram. They have music, they have captions, they have dancing, they have um, educational content, they have trending themes and topics. But those Instagram Reels are so, so hot right now, and they are very, very rewarded in the algorithm. So every business or brand should be utilizing them. So that's what it is. But the thing about Instagram Reels that can give you a little bit of a headache, not just that you have to like actually create video content. I know that can be hard for some people. But the other thing about Reels that can be challenging is that depending on the kind of Instagram account you're set up with, you either do or do not have access to music. And the thing that's so fun about Reels and makes them very watchable and engaging for your audience is the music. So when you're watching Reels, sometimes you'll see a lot of different accounts or businesses or brands using the same song. And that song might be trending. So you want to use that song too. But when you go to create a Reel, it'll say music not allowed for certain accounts, which is super, super frustrating. So there's a couple workarounds. First of all, if you see that music is not available to you, it's probably because you're set up with an Instagram business account. When you have an Instagram account, you have three options. The first option is a personal account. And that's just for the average Instagram user who just wants to see what their friends are up to, follow their favorite businesses, brands, and celebrities. And they're just passively engaging. They're not creating content or anything. All right. So then if you want to use Instagram for business purposes and you want to create consistent content to like make a name for yourself or your business, you are going to switch over to a professional Instagram account. And when you get to that professional account, there's two options there. You can have an Instagram business account or an Instagram creator account. We'll break down both of them, talk about similarities and differences. So an Instagram business account and a creator account will both allow you access to insights. What that means is you'll be able to tap into what your audience demographics are. Kind of like I talked about earlier, you'll be able to see where your followers are located. You'll be able to get the breakdown of males versus females, age level, things like that. You'll also be able to see post performance. So when you click on a picture, you'll be able to see how many people you reached, how many people engaged, what kind of engagements did they give you, 
Where, did they come from being your follower? Did they come from your hashtags that you use? Did they come from being shared to other accounts? You'll get a really detailed breakdown of who is following you and what they're doing when they're following you. So on both the business and the creator Instagram account, you get access to that information, which is awesome. Now, the difference between the business and the creator account is twofold. So with an Instagram business account, you get the option to schedule posts. You still can't do that natively within Instagram, but you can use third-party platforms like Facebook Creator Studio, Planoly, Plan, Later, Hootsuite. All of those third-party accounts can schedule to Instagram for you. So similar to Facebook, if you want to like batch produce a week's worth of posts and just schedule them out so you don't have to do it in real time, a business account is going to be great for you because you can schedule and move on with your business. Now, when you have a business account, you do not get access to music. So if you are wanting to make a reel and you want to use music in that reel, you cannot make that within the Instagram Reels platform, okay? With an Instagram creator account, you do have access to music, and that's music within Reels and in Stories. So a creator account is really helpful if you want that music feature. But the trade-off is you cannot schedule out posts when you are a creator account. So you have to really weigh what's important to you. Do you value being able to post and batch produce and schedule? Or do you value the music and then you're just going to create your content pieces in real time? That's totally an individual decision. Now, if you want the best of both worlds, you're just going to have to spend a little extra time and effort in doing that. So what you can do is if you want to keep that scheduling feature of the business account, keep with the business account, but then you're going to go and find a third-party app. I recommend InShot, and you're going to create your real inside InShot, and they'll be able to upload your videos, film your videos, um, add captions, add music, all of the things you would want to do inside Reels. But then what you're going to do is when you've created the reel inside of InShot, you'll just download it to your camera roll and then you'll go over to Instagram and you'll upload that video when you're making your reel. It's just going to take a little bit of extra time and workaround, but you can still add music to a reel. You're just going to use a third-party app like InShot. Um, what I did, I really wanted to focus on reels for the month of December. So I was running a business account all year in 2020. But when Reels came out and I decided I really wanted to make that a focus, I switched from business to creator. So you can always switch back and forth. You don't have to commit entirely to one version versus another. You can easily switch back and forth. But if you are going to switch, just know that if you're going from a business to a creator account, the music doesn't show up immediately. You have to give it like 48 hours and then those music options will open for you. So there you have it. <laughs> I know that was kind of a long-winded answer, but I think that sometimes it comes down to people didn't know that there was a business or a creator account and they didn't know what the difference was between. So you just have to like look at that for yourself and your business and figure out what is the most important to you. All right, we're going to keep with Instagram. Um, I should also say, you guys, Molly Knuth Media, my other business, we have a program. It's called Instagram Academy. It doesn't run consistently. We did it in September. We're going to do it again probably in February of 2020. So if you feel like you need to know a little bit more on Instagram, you want to have a better understanding of how it works, you want to know all the ins and outs of hashtags, reels, carousels, stories, just Instagram marketing mindset specifics, we do offer a program called Instagram Academy. 
If you are interested in getting on the wait list or you just want to get more information when I have those details finalized, I do have a link in the show notes for today's episode. So you can just click over to that link. You add your email address. It'll put you on the wait list and then you'll be the first to get the information once we have Instagram Academy 2020 established. Okay, so to continue, hashtags on Instagram. Um, what are hashtags? Well, they're that little like pound sign. You know, it's called hashtag. Um, hashtags are used to help you get better reach and to get in front of people who may not follow you already. A lot of questions I get about hashtags are, should I be using them? My answer is yes. Where should I be using them? My answer is on Instagram. You're going to use them in your posts, in your stories, and on your reels. On posts, you can use up to 30. On stories, I believe it's up to 10. And then on reels, I think you can do up to 30. Over on Facebook, I recommend using hashtags sparingly. Um, I've noticed them getting used more. And sometimes I think Facebook is trying to get that number of hashtag uses up. But really, I only use hashtags around certain events. So like if I attend a conference and they have a conference-specific hashtag, I'll use it. On Twitter, you can use hashtags too. But on Instagram, hashtags specifically, which is what the question was submitted for, just remember, you can use hashtags on stories, posts, or reels. How do you know what hashtags to use? You have to do some research. So I know, again, like I said at the beginning of the episode, a lot of my advice isn't very sexy and it's not like quick hitting. It takes you committing to it and working. But I got my whole hashtag strategy from Allie Reeves. You can follow her on Instagram at Allie I Reeves. I will also link her in the show notes. My whole Instagram strategy comes from her and the course that I took from her. Um, but it just basically tells you to and guides you through how to do proper Instagram hashtag research. So when you're thinking about releasing a post on behalf of your business, you need to have hashtags that A, speak to the industry that you're in. So if you're a salon, you want to have salon-specific hashtags. You also want to have hashtags, especially if you're a local business, that speak to your location. So let's say that you're a photographer, but you just want to stay in your own state. So you can use hashtags like hashtag Iowa photographer, hashtag IA photographer, hashtag Dubuque photographer. But there are also photographers who want to go travel for like destination weddings or elopements. So you could use hashtags that indicate that. Hashtag elopement photographer, hashtag destination photographer, hashtag destination wedding photographer. Or if you're a photographer that's niched down, you can use hashtags that are like hashtag newborn photographer or hashtag wedding photographer or hashtag brand photographer. So depending on your business, the industry you're in, and the niches that you're taking in your business, that can influence the hashtags you need to be using for your posts. So when you are researching your hashtags, you want to take account what your audience is searching for when they're looking for business like you offer. So if somebody is looking for mom advice, they might be searching hashtag moms, hashtag mom of four, hashtag Iowa mom. So think about what your audience is needing. What are those keywords that they're using when they put together a Google search or an Instagram search and then turn those into hashtags. So that's like very basic. That's going to be like if you're just getting into hashtags, you're new to Instagram, start there. 
when you have established a consistent posting routine on Instagram and you're ready to take it to the next level, that's when you can dig deeper into your hashtag research. So you can start like actually searching these hashtags yourself and honing in on the hashtags that are going to work for you and the ones that aren't. So for example, certain hashtags have been used millions of times. So think about hashtag throwback Thursday. That has been used millions of times. So if you want to be found, hashtag throwback Thursday, if it has a million other uses, you're just going to be like a grain of salt in a desert. But if you want to use a throwback Thursday photo, maybe you could use hashtag made in 1987 or hashtag, I don't know, that was a really bad example. But that'll help you narrow down how many people have used that hashtag. And that way you're going to be a bigger fish in a small ocean, right? I love my metaphors today. (laughs) Um, But you want to keep in mind how many people have used that hashtag. And you can see it when you like go to the search bar on top of your Instagram and you type in hashtag, whatever hashtag you want to use. And you click on it, you'll be able to see how many uses that specific hashtag has. And if your hashtag has more than 500,000 uses, for those of us in small towns, that's probably too much. But you just want to be particular. You don't want to use a hashtag that's been used 10 million times. You similarly may not want to use a hashtag that's only been used 100 times because that might be too small of a scope. That might indicate that people aren't searching that. So this is definitely a higher level hashtag strategy. But have some hashtag research done if you're ready to hit that higher level. And then what I also do is save hashtag lists. And you can do this simply in a spreadsheet. So you can categorize, like I said earlier, industry hashtags. And then you just have a whole list of industry-specific hashtags. Maybe you have location-based hashtags and you have a whole list of that. And you can just copy and paste it from a spreadsheet. I also use an app on my phone called HishHash that will save those uh, lists for me. And the really cool thing about that app is that when I use that, it'll jumble up the hashtags, like the order in which I use those, and I can quickly copy and paste it into my Instagram post. When you use hashtags on Instagram and you use the same list of hashtags over and over and over and over and over and over and over over again, that's when you can see that maybe hashtags aren't helping you because Instagram will notice that you're just copying and pasting the same exact thing post after post, and they'll identify that as spammy behavior. So you want to make sure that, I know, like I said, this is all very higher level. So if you're entry level Instagram, don't worry about this. But if you are trying to take your hashtag strategy to the next level, make sure you've done your research, you have lists saved, and then you're changing up the order in which you're using those hashtags and lists so that you're not getting identified as spammy by Instagram. Again, all of this, we go into way more detail inside Instagram Academy. So head over to the show notes, click that link and get on the wait list if this all is like I'm speaking a totally different language and you're like, but I need to know what that is, then get on the wait list and I'll help you out. All right, guys, this is probably one of our longer episodes ever. We just have a couple more questions. So um, another person on Instagram asked me, what do I post about when I have no inspiration? And I love this. So. When we are really close to our business, we can see that the things we do day to day are boring, or we can identify it as not that special, or we can identify it as just run of the mill and not inspiring, right? But 
think about, have you ever like gone down an internet rabbit hole of watching someone pluck their eyebrows? Have you ever gone down an internet rabbit hole of watching somebody make a knife? Have you ever gone down an internet rabbit hole where you have spent so many hours like on a certain topic and you're just like, oh my God, I got so lost in watching that person do that thing that I just like didn't even realize that I was watching it for this long. That's because it's something that is probably outside of what we do in the day to day. Or I don't know, I guess like my husband, he's a farmer and he still comes home and he sits and watches YouTube farming videos. So maybe it is in your industry and you're, you're really interested in it. But my point is what seems mundane to us is actually super interesting to other people. And the beauty of social media and the internet is that we can connect what we do with those people who find it so, so interesting and helpful. So the first thing when you're feeling uninspired on social media is to simply make a list of all the things you did that day. Start there. Then break that down piece by piece and think about how you can share some of that out on social media. I promise you'll find things in your day that to you have become routine and ordinary. But to other people, it will be revolutionary. So I just told my um, December accountability group, like the things that people continuously and repeatedly ask me are about what planner I use and about my morning routine, which have nothing to do with my business, right? But that just goes to show that like the things that I literally use every day, how I get up out of bed, how I exercise, the products I use to get myself ready, and the planner that sits on my desk. People want to know that stuff. So even if to you it is not inspiring at all, share it, okay? And there is a line there that I know a lot of us don't want to cross where we feel like maybe it's a little too invasive, like it's a little too behind the scenes and we just don't want to go that far. So that's okay. Set that boundary for yourself. You don't have to share every aspect of your day. But when you look at that list of things that you did, like pull out some of the things that maybe would pertain to your audience or pertain to your industry or the business that you do and share that out. Other things you can do is like ask your audience what they want to see more of. That is really helpful. Kind of like I did for this episode in particular, I just put out a question box and said, hey, how can I help you with your social media strategy as we enter a new year? And you guys showed up. So ask your audience what they want more of. Um, You can keep a list in a notes app on your phone. So I don't know about you, but like sometimes when I'm cleaning the house or doing a workout or like at the most random times is when I'll get inspiration for like, I should do a post like that. And if I don't write it down right away, it'll like be out of my head when I sit down at my desk. But if I write it on a piece of paper, a notes app in my phone, I can just like refer to that when I'm feeling these uninspired moments and then it'll kind of jog my brain. Other things that you can do are follow other accounts that inspire you. So in my own Instagram, I follow other businesses who I find very creative and I like what they're putting out. And that can be like as far as information they share or the designs that they share. And then I just save it. And so then when I'm feeling uninspired, I go to that saved folder in my Instagram and I can see, oh yeah, I thought this was interesting back in June. Maybe I can create some piece of content that speaks to that. So it's not just like copying and pasting what they did. It's just to like give me inspiration and then I go and make my own content that was inspired by that. And then sometimes like if it's very close to what those people do, you can give them a shout out. Kind of like I did earlier in the episode where I said, Allie Reeves taught me this and then this is what I do from that. 
So I still credit her. And you should still do that when you get inspiration from someone else, give them the credit, but, and definitely do not plagiarize what they do. And then the last thing I want to tell you is that there's this website out there called answerthepublic.com. And if you're super uninspired, you have none of these other things that I just uh, shared with you. You can go to answer the public, type in a word or a phrase, and it will give you hundreds of search questions from like Google and all the search engines that people have asked and wondered about. So then you can look at those questions and be like, oh my gosh, I can answer that. And then there's a whole week's worth of content for you, right? So answerthepublic.com. Okay, we have two more questions. How do I schedule posts? So this is super easy over on Facebook. You use business.facebook.com slash creator studio. And this will allow you to create posts and videos and share videos to your business page, and then you can schedule it to post at a later time. If you try to post directly from your Facebook page, it will post immediately. You don't have the scheduling option anymore. But if you use Creator Studio, and again, that's business.facebook.com slash creator studio, or just search creator studio on Google, it will, if it's your first time, it'll like connect your account to it. But otherwise, you just go there and then you can schedule posts. Super, super easy. For Instagram, like I referred to earlier, you cannot natively schedule. So you need to use a third-party app like Planoly is the one I use or Creator Studio can also schedule to Instagram for you or you can use Later. Or if you are a Canva user, like the design website, which I am, uh, Canva recently released the scheduling option from their platform directly. So when you create a Canva design, Instead of going to the download button, you can click the three little dots beside the download button. And then I think sometimes it shows up in the first little menu, but sometimes you have to click more. And if you click more, then there's an option that has a little calendar and it says schedule. So you click that. You would have to link your accounts. But once you have that account linked, then you can just schedule it and even like write your caption and give it a title directly from Canva. It's the craziest, best update that they've done in a long time, Um, but it's super helpful. So Canva can schedule for you too. Okay, our last question. Thank you guys for sticking with me. I know this was a super long episode, Um, but the last question, how do I balance post topics for my business social media? So this person said, I have a content calendar. I think they even use my Molly Knuth Media content calendars that are available in the shop of my website. But the thing about those calendars is that sometimes it's a little disjointed. So one day it might say, share behind the scenes. And the next day it's like, share your favorite product. And the next day it's like, um, do a team member feature. And once you do that, like that, there's nothing wrong with a strategy like that. And especially as you're getting comfortable with getting consistent and knowing what to talk about and like honing in on what your audience needs, all those things we talked about earlier. Having just consistency and posting is the best thing. But at some point you might feel that like, oh, I want to have like more consistency too. Like not just like consistency of posting, but consistency of the story I'm telling. Consistency of how one post plays into the next. And almost like you're weaving together chapters in a book. So when you feel that pull, that's okay. Um, so the first thing I recommend is just get consistent with the frequency that you're posting and that you're showing up for your audience. Once you feel that pull, then you can move to this other strategy, which I also learned from, surprise, surprise, Allie Reeves, 
but it's called the pillar system. And so what the pillar system is, you pick a topic for the month or for the week, and then all of the content you share out plays into that topic. So for example, I shared this on my Instagram stories, but if you have a boutique for women, maybe one week you want to focus on jeans. So on Monday, you're going to introduce the topic and you can do a video, you can do a story, you can do a reel, you can do a static photo, whatever. But you can introduce this week, we're talking all about denim here at Molly's Boutique. And then you could give a call to action that says something like, tell us your favorite brand of jean ever. And so then I would be compelled to put in the comments, my favorite jeans I've ever owned were a pair of Tommy Hilfiger bell bottoms in the eighth grade. It was the only time I had name brand jeans. <laughs> I just felt like I was the coolest thing when I wore them. <laughs> so I would put that in the comments. And then other people would share their favorite jean stories, things like that. Because everybody has a favorite pair of jeans, right? Um, so that could introduce your week. Then on Tuesday, maybe you're like, here's our best-selling jeans of the year. And so then you have three pictures or you have one picture with three pairs of jeans side by side and you talk about the features of each. So maybe one's a straight leg, maybe one's a bell bottom, maybe the other is distressed, but that's your Tuesday post. On Wednesday, maybe you talk about new styles in denim. So you can talk about button fly or high-waisted or um, black denims or distressed. Um, then on Thursday, you talk about here's how you can find our denims and how you buy them. So you can link to your website. You can link to the shop tab on your Facebook page. You can encourage them to call you or send you a DM. On Friday, you can share your store hours so people can shop the denim and try on in store. On Saturday, you can do a live fashion show where you have people on your team like actually model on a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live. And then on Sunday, you thank your followers and then you like kind of end the week. And then on Monday, you go into the next thing, which could be dresses or blouses or um, graphic tees, whatever. But that's how you can take a topic and turn it into a whole week of content. And what the pillar system really is, is for like, if you have a monthly topic. So let's say I'm, we'll use my business, Molly Knuth Media. So in January, maybe my topic is all about Facebook. And then week one, of January, I'm going to talk about Facebook business pages. Week two, I'm going to talk about Facebook groups. Week three, I'm going to talk about Facebook events. Week four, I'm going to talk about Facebook do's and don'ts. And so then that whole month is just about Facebook. And every week I have a subtopic from that main topic. And then each week that subtopic is going to be broken down even further into more subtopics that just play with that weekly topic. So I hope that all makes sense. But that's the pillar system. You just basically pick a topic, and then you break it into smaller pieces, almost like a hierarchy or a pyramid setup. But it just helps what you're sharing from day to day kind of have a cohesion. And it, like I said earlier, it just feels like you're sharing chapters of a book instead of going from book to book to book with each post. But like I said, if you are a busy business owner and just posting seems like a real mountain you need to climb in 2021, don't worry about the pillar system. Just worry about being consistent. Like take pictures take videos, share those out, and do so in a consistent fashion, whether it's twice a week, once a day, whatever works in your unique situation and schedule. Okay, guys, that was a whole lot of heavy-hitting social media tips, but if you're still here, I thank you so much. If um, you are operating a business, a brand, or a nonprofit, I hope you found some really helpful tips and action items that you can take forward into the new year and put to use for you and your entity of choice. 
if you are just here for the stories that I share and you're like, I really don't know anything about social media. I don't know how I'm going to use it, but I just like listening to your tones. (laughs) Well, thank you for being here. Um, But also I want to just encourage you like, yeah, I'm glad you listened and hopefully you can share this with a friend that owns a business or a family member or maybe down the road you'll pull this episode back up if you decide to pursue something like that for yourself or your community too. So thank you guys so much for being here. I hope you will have started off the new year with just rest, relaxation, and inspiration. And I will be back next week with even more small towns, small businesses, and stories and strategies to help them. Talk to you guys very soon. And again, happy new year. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded.